back to another episode of We Watch, We Collect, presented by Believe Podcast Network, episode number 20. Made it to number 20. I remember I said the same thing when made it to number 10, because I didn't think I was going to make it to number 10. But I made it to number 20. So, sweet. We're here. Uh, You know, not a lot of baseball news to talk about. My team got swept. Uh, Anyway, but... I mean, there's there's still a little bit to talk about, not not a whole lot, but a lot of it just in terms of like, like it, just just little things, little itty bitty stories, and it makes you think like, whoa, wow, what's gonna happen now? Um, but I mean, I got a list of things here I want to talk about. First off, uh, my legs are sore, and main reason is this past Saturday, uh. I for the Albuquerque Isotopes, I worked a youth kids clinic uh, in the morning. It was from nine to twelve, twelve thirty, I believe. Uh, no, wasn't from nine. Was it from nine? Yes, it was from nine, nine to twelve thirty. But we were there about seven thirty in the morning, you know, to help set up and get everything situated and had the clubhouse open for some of the players. But um, I did that this Saturday, this past Saturday. I'll get into that, talk about what I did, badass fun that I had. Um, I want to I want to get into the Derek Jeter documentary that's been happening. I know there's two episodes in. I did watch them both, even though I'm a Red Sox fan. I, I wanted to watch because I am genuinely curious about this documentary. And because, you know, I heard there's going to be new footage that never before seen from his past as being a prospect and even in clubhouse stuff and all these different stories and other celebrities coming in this documentary telling the stories. Um, so I, I was genuinely curious. So I did see the first two episodes, saw them with my sister. She is a, a, a Yankee fan, whatever Jeter fan. Yeah. Um, but all, all in all, I, 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 so far I'm, well, I'll, I'll get into it, but talk about Derek Jeter documentary a little bit. Transitioning from the Jeter documentary, there's a little thing when Derek Jeter is tweeting about it to promote it. He quoted a tweet or he quoted something that he said in the documentary and he put it out as a tweet and a certain player replied to him in the most subtle way. And, you know, it, it's one of those things, like I said in the beginning of this episode, where it makes you think, like, okay, so what's going to happen here? I'll, I'll get into that, give my little opinion and my little thoughts on what might happen. Um, next after that, I, I'm i going to go over really quick on the Red Sox getting swept by the Blue Jays and that horrendous game that we lost 28-5. to Absolute shit show. And another thing, there is another tweet that was put out, not by a retired MLB player, but by a current NFL quarterback, former Patriot quarterback, Tom Brady, put out a tweet and it made me think like, who the hell side are you on, bro? Like you played for Boston in t- for 20 years. So I'll, I'll get into that. I'll read his tweet. Because he tweeted something about that game, you know. I'm going to get into that. And, you know, just give my quick thoughts on the Red Sox and the, like, horrible July that they had. I know July is not over, but just the fact that it's going completely the opposite of what June was. And how just completely just, oh my God, I'll get into it. And then to finish it all off, David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's it. His induction was today. Heard a little bit of a speech. Incredible. Totally deserved it. I don't care what anybody says. First ballot. Can't take that away from him. I don't care what anybody says anymore. Oh, he he, he shouldn't be in there. He did steroids. It wasn't proven. And it, it, there's a whole story behind it. So I'm not going to get into it. If you know all that history, there's no need to get into it. Point is, three-time World Series champ. World Series MVP in 2013, and he's a motivational speaker. If y'all didn't know, he he he's a very good motivational speaker. So, 
uh yeah derrick season hall of fame and then i'll finish it off maybe with like a really really quick standings check because i know there's only been about like one or two series after the you know all-star break and now we're into the quote-unquote second half and we have about 70 ish games left maybe a little bit less um but yeah i'm gonna get into that i'm gonna get into these little stories um but first and foremost uh Thank you to Believe Podcast Network again. Can't thank them enough for no picking up my podcast. Really awesome. Uh, hoping that, you know, throwing some ideas out there to them. Hopefully they come into fruition. But you know what? We'll get there when we get there. But uh, for first, I, I, my legs are sore. And they just, it, it, it was weird. So 730 in the morning. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I was up about six o'clock, got up, got breakfast. Had all, I, I'm a morning person. I love to eat breakfast. So uh, I got up, got breakfast. I got breakfast at where did I get breakfast at? What? Damn. Wow. I cannot remember where I got breakfast at. But anyway, got breakfast when got, got to the ballpark uh, around, I would say seven, uh, seven thirty is when they wanted us there. It was me and, uh, another guy that I work with in the, uh, home clubhouse by his name is Jude. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe one day have him on the podcast. He's a fellow Red Sox fan, just like me. And, um, so we get there, you know, we set up, set up some waters, set them up in the field, set them up in the bullpen where, which I was, but I'll, I'll get into that in a second. And, you know, set up just everything for all for the little kids clinic. And it's just uh, it was basically just, you know, kids, younger kids. You know, there's an older group in there, but young teenagers, but kids come in, you know, they, they're they're little little league players or, you know, like players that or kids that want to learn baseball, what have you. But they're just there to have fun, hang with the players, you know, and, and then, you know, work on some little bit of drills like there was an outfield drill. There was, you know, base running drill. There, they were hitting in the cages with certain with some of the players, you know. That and then one of our, um, one of the um, the hitting coaches for the Isotopes, Jordan Pacheco, you know, he had he did a little Q and A for them as well. And you know, there's a little strength and conditioning drill, which was kind of funny. And uh, the the station where I was at, what I, why the reason why I was there was the bullpen where they learn how to pitch or you know get a little get a little pitching action done. Which is, for one, I loved it because, you know, I, I favor pitchers. I love pitchers. In the game of baseball, I love pitchers. So, we're there, you know, get everything set up, headed to the bullpen. Uh, mind you, even though it is about 9 in the morning, it, it's hot. It's ver- so damn hot. But it it wasn't that bad. So, what was really horrible about it and the feeling of it, we can literally like touch the heat was walking out of the bullpen. And mind you, this is at the end when it was all said and done walking on the field, you know, for the group photo in center field, you can feel like physically touch the humidity in your hand. It is. Oh my gosh. It was horrible, horrible feeling. I couldn't imagine the guys who were out here in the out there in the field doing the drills. I mean, the two guys that were in the cages with the kids had it made nice and cool in there, air conditioned and inside, didn't have to see the sun, the whole clinic. Must be nice. But I either way, I had fun in the bullpen. Um I was joined by Jude. We were in we were we were playing bullpen catchers. Uh they had some uh uh, we were also joined by relief pitcher for the Albuquerque Isotopes, Heath Holder, and the Albuquerque Isotopes pitching coach, uh, Frank Gonzalez. And it, it was so much fun. And this isn't the first time that I did it. We've done it before. It was about a month and a half ago. But this one went so much smoother. And it it was just so much, I don't know, it just felt, it felt quicker. It felt so much smoother. I do believe that this group of kids was I think smaller there was like eight groups in total they like rotated every 20 25 minutes or so 
But I think this these groups are a little bit smaller than the first time. I think the first time there was like twelve. Like they're like coming back like one after another after another. But I mean, it, regardless, the kids were awesome. Like I remember uh, this this one kid was pitching, and he was a he was for one he was a lefty, two he he was an all black uniform would just look sick, three the wind up reminded me of somebody. And four, the hair reminded me of somebody. Long hair, and the windup looked exactly like Randy Johnson. I, it was just so cool. It was just so cool. I, I'm guessing that that, uh, that young kid, you know, he could, he, I don't think they were about, no more than about like, ten, but you know. These little league, some of these little league kids, you feel like, like I'm, I'm no hitting coach, pitching coach, you know, manager, scout, or whatever, but I'm sitting there catching, and I'm like, damn, like this, this kid is going places. Like I don't know where he's going, but he's going places with this shit. So you know, back to the kid. He, uh, I'm, I'm sure that that kid that I was catching that looked like Randy Johnson probably doesn't know who Randy Johnson is but it reminded me reminded me of him of him so much can't even talk right now reminded me of him so much because first and foremost Randy Johnson is my all-time favorite pitcher he he is my all-time favorite pitcher all the reason because when I was little I see him pitch on TV I always had the the imagination and the thought in my head where because I'm so small and he is so damn tall, you know, 6'10", he's freaking huge, that I would literally stand right next to him, holding the baseball, looking directly up at him, my head fully tilted back, and just holding up the ball like a little kid, like, can you sign my baseball? Like, that's always what I imagine. And even to this day, I know I would feel like that, because he's so damn tall, I would still like to look up at him. But I... He, he is my all-time favorite pitcher. He he really is. So it really clicked when I was seeing this kid pitch at me and catching. It just felt so damn cool. Like, it was just a cool little feeling. Um, you know, but it was it was quite fun. Like, Frank, the pitching coach, he uh he set up uh, three little drills for him. You know, he had, uh, and we split them up. We had one group, and we split them up into three groups in ours. So let's say if 16 kids came, there'd be five and five and six. So he had one group where uh, he was working with them, you know, throwing at a net, trying to get your, just trying to get your delivery, working on the mound, not really throwing at anybody. There was a second uh, station where me me and my other coworker, Jew, were kind of flip-flopping between groups. But the second one was where you would uh, throw from a certain distance. And we had a tee set up uh, at home plate, middle, middle. Uh, with a softball and you know you just basically wind up try to hit it not not even worried about speed or nothing it's all about command just try to hit the softball a little bit of a target and it was actually quite fun like some of the kids nailed it and like seeing them excited like they're just like hyped up like th- these kids don't even know each other like th- they didn't even know each other but they're like yelling at each other like oh yo you hit it blah, 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 blah. so it, it was just so much fun and then the third and final one, which is actually my favorite, was they would uh, be a little bit further from the uh, softball drill, and they would throw directly at a catcher, which me and Jude were. We were the bullpen catchers, and that was just so much fun. And doing that kids clinic, like I'll, I'll be completely honest, like not bragging or or not, I don't know what it is, but just not bragging or anything. Like work like I, what I did was since uh, Heath Holder, our relief pitcher, was doing the softball drill, so whoever was catching kind of had to like take over. Like, okay, you come up with your own little like ideas on how it's gonna go about. So I, I just did it straight up. Like I told him, like, here, hey, line up behind this pole. You know, like we'll do two pitches each, and then you rotate. You know, the person behind you, and I told him, you know, just throw to me, try to throw strikes, and you know, the the kids behind you, they'll. They'll be umpires. They'll, they'll call balls and strikes. And it, and 
and it was it was just so damn fun. Like I would sit there, I catch, and you know there's be kids behind them like, oh ball, no strike, that's a ball, and I'm I'm looking at them like, oh what do you think, what are you thinking? So they're like strike ball, and then I was like, all right then. So I I let them call. It was just so much fun, and like being that because like I know baseball and how it works, it was just that much easier to engage with them. Like I don't know, it was just so much fun. It, I had a complete blast. Even though it was hot, uh, it didn't really bother me as much until like we actually we were actually done. Then the heat really hit. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like damn, it was hot, and I was sweating. Like I was really sweating, even though I had a long sleeve shirt on. Uh, it didn't make me hot, but I had a long sleeve shirt on. To, you know, just I didn't I didn't feel like putting sunscreen, so I, I had a long sleeve shirt. But I mean it. It, the heat really didn't hit me until after it was done again like at the end we were walking on the field for the photo shoot or for the group photo op it you could feel the humidity and it just it had rained the night before so it just added on more to it it was just hot like oh man it was horrible feeling like you could you could touch the humidity with your hand it, it was just gross as soon as you go outside or as soon as you step on that field especially with all that grass. It was just so damn hot. Um, and I guess the only thing that, that was actually kind of funny was uh, I was the bullpen catcher at one point, and um, one, of the kid, one of the balls got away from me, so I, I just reached over to grab it. And I guess right next to us uh, was the softball tee drill. And I guess one of the kids threw it, and it, it bounced and as I was reaching to my left to pick up a baseball, it bounced and it hit me right in the mouth, right on the right side of my of my lip. And oh man, it 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 hurt, but it wasn't like like oh damn, I'm bleeding or my tooth is knocked out or whatever. But it, I mean, it felt like it, like it, it. I felt it, and I was bleeding a little bit, but nothing too crazy. You know, drink a little water, wash it out. It's done. It was just whatever. So that was the only thing. Uh, we didn't wear masks or any full catcher gear because it, it was hot. So we kind of just like, no. And you know, these kids aren't throwing 90, you know, they're probably throwing 40 and 50 maybe. And, but it, it, I mean, neither, neither me or Jude got hit in any way. So, I mean, he got nailed in the leg a little bit, but it's, it's like nothing. You brush it off. But I mean, regardless, it was just so much fun. Like it, I would totally do it again. I'm, I'm all, I've, I've always told them that I'm open to it. I, I would do it for free, honestly, because I just love this game so much. It was just so damn fun. Like I, I again, I would totally do it for free, and just seeing that these kids are like so close to being like, damn, they're gonna be something. Like it was just so awesome. Like some of these kids are throwing strikes. And, you know, some kids airmailing it right over my head. But you know what? Hey, you, everyone starts somewhere. Like, you never know. Like, what if these kids that throw strikes kind of don't make it, but then that one kid that's, you know, throwing it right over my head finds it, and he he's something. So, I don't know. It, how to, oh, man, it was just so it was just so damn fun. Um, But that was the, the, the kids' clinic, the youth clinic that the Albuquerque Isotopes had. Um, they do it, I, I believe twice a year I did it. I, I was, uh, volunteered to do it the first time. And now this past Sunday was the second time and the final time, because, you know, over here, the kids go back to school, uh, pretty soon. So I'm assuming that's why they probably don't do it. Um, but I, again, I, I would totally do it again. Like it was just so damn fun. And especially I love because we're, we're in the bullpen and, it just felt, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just so cool. And like, there were little breaks in between and, you know, um, Frank, the pitching coach and Heath Holder, the, our leave pitcher would just, we were just standing there, you know, chit chatting. Like even Frank was like, damn, like some of these kids got an arm and he's a lefty. So he likes lefties. So it, it, I don't know. It was just so damn cool just to sit there. And, um, another thing that was funny the strength and conditioning little section, you know, they, they didn't play any baseball or anything. Part of it It was just like a little, you know, get the, get the blood pumping kind of little 
area where they had the little ladders on the, um, the little ladder step on the ground get through that they had a little cone set up just trying to run through some drills and one of our pitchers Matt Dennis got assigned to that station and he didn't have anybody else with him so it was him solo and he he was just so like like oh man like oh, I'm not gonna have no help or nothing so like we would peek over the bullpen and I would tell him like hey man like how you doing and he just like smile and just be like, damn, like oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. So, but I mean, all all the guys enjoyed it, man. Like they have a blast. It's fun being around these little kids and and uh, you know, the kids were well behaved and everything. So it was just fun, man. And um, yeah, I I do it, I do it all over again. I would do it for free. Like that that shit was just so damn fun. Uh, hopefully if they do it next year and I'm back with the isotopes next year, uh, maybe we can, I could be put in another station. Like I would love to be in, in the cage and, you know, like help, like help out with that. That'd be so sweet. Uh, but that was, that's the kids clinic that happened this past Saturday. And, uh, that was on the, when was that? That was the 23rd. I think that was the 23rd. Yeah. The 23rd of July. This past Saturday. Yeah, that was the um, Saturday kids, uh, the youth uh, kids clinic for the Albuquerque guys Stopes. So, yeah, thank you, thank you for you know letting me be a part of it. I Stopes. I don't know if anybody listens, but thank you, and I would totally do it again. But next thing we got, I have on here the Derek Jeter documentary, the first two episodes I have seen. I do believe there are eight total, and the last episode ends on my freaking birthday on August 11th, so, you know, well, thank you, Jeter, for that, but uh, it's whatever, I, <laughs> I don't care that much for, you know, birthdays anyway, but I just thought that was a little tidbit hilarious, but um, I did, I saw, I saw the two episodes, I saw them with my sister, um, I'll be I'll be completely honest. I'm not gonna just be hating on them the whole damn time I'm talking about it. But first and foremost, you know it very well put documentary. It it does feel very like not not just when he's getting interviewed, but when everyone else is talking. Um, like so far, you know his past teammates like Jorge Posada, a little bit of Mariano was talking a little bit, and you know former players and former Yankee players. Like Bernie Williams was talking. I believe Reggie Jackson made an appearance. It just feels like they're really just talking straight up. Like they're not getting interviewed in like a like a press conference type thing. It feels like a genuine like, all right, you want to talk about what we did? Then all right, let's talk. So that like that's what it like that's what it felt like every time they were you know talking about anything. Like you could hear in their tone of their voice that they're just there to not a tell all but like uh, all right let's let's tell it how it is because this is you know this is the real deal like this isn't some like hbo documentary that that'll be a little filtered or you know some you know pbs documentary which i hate pbs documentaries by the way they're so damn short and they give so little information but it, yeah it, it didn't feel like anything like that and i love documentaries like i will watch a documentary about you know this rock on the ground if I if for all I care as long as it's made very well like I'll watch a documentary I, I don't care um but yeah like that, that was that but it, the only thing that I will nitpick on is that and I told my sister uh she thinks I'm hating but whatever but it it I maybe it's just because the two first episodes I know there's about six more um it does feel like a 90s late 90s Yankee documentary like it it does feel like that like they're just they're telling you like what they were going through in the 90s the late 90s you know as as you know leading up to that dynasty whatever that they had and but in the beginning of course it talks about like early Jeter career like they had a clip in the first episode which I'm sure that no one's ever seen but it was a camera set up in his living room when he actually got the call that he got drafted by the Yankees. 
which he didn't think he was. He thought he was going to go, you know, a little bit higher. But apparently the Yankees did take him and there was a camera in his living room that caught everything. Like you could hear his dad excited for him and his sister, his younger sister excited for him and his mom. So I'm pretty sure that is that new footage that they're talking about that no one hasn't seen yet. So, I mean, things like that, I, I, I could truly appreciate. Like, that's just really cool. Like, I know nowadays they have it now. Like, when the MLB draft is going on, it, when the player's at home, they got a camera rolling and they have the entire family there. Like, everybody and their mama is there. But looking back at, you know, the early 90s when he got drafted, he was just there, like, in his living room, just just chilling, like, you know, like, looked like he just woke up, like, shirt, whatever. And his sister, his mom, and his dad. And that was it. And now, like, nowadays, like, nope, bring the whole family. We're going to have a cookout. We're going to watch it, blah, 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 which, which I wasn't that aware. But I didn't know that back then, like, they didn't really televise it. Like, it wasn't an event. It was just, like, a phone call, like, they're calling the MLB offices like, hey, we're taking this kid like you. Y'all don't know what he looks like, but we do. But yeah, here's his name. John Doe, who are taking him like, oh, OK, boom, boom, boom. Clickety clack. He's in. Like I did. I honestly did not know that that's how like simple it was. Now it's like a whole damn event, which I just talked about last episode. They got a whole production and, you know, they got live feeds from their home. It was just, it was, yeah, that all that was just crazy to me. But that's another little footage that I thought was actually pretty cool. But, you know, after all that, it does go into how, you know, that he was on the Yankees. You know, he didn't do very good in, in, in rookie ball and all that stuff. And once he went up that he was actually, you know, he did very well. Like he talked about like how, you know, when, when you're there in New York, that it is, it feels different. Like, you kind of got to watch what you do. And he made a comment that I thought was like, damn, he's got a point where it was a good thing that social media didn't didn't exist back then because he probably wouldn't be on that team for very long. And, you know, that 100 percent, that's true, because, I mean, just by judging by the stories and the people he hanged with, like he hanged with Diddy, he hanged with J-Lo, like, I mean, and then uh, later on in his career, he hanged with A-Rod and all those celebrities, like, and you know, going to clubs and, you know, getting into who knows what nowadays, that type of shit doesn't fly anymore. Like you, you do, you slip up and do something wrong somewhere, you know, being the the type of player that he was and the celebrity that he was and the team that he was on, you do that nowadays. And one tweet from Jeff Passan and you're done or from John Heyman and you're done. And because, you know, Twitter and Instagram and the the big and MLB network now. You're you're the story for the next morning on MLB Network at ten. Like that's just how it is now. And you know, he has a point. Like it, it wasn't like that. And for obvious reasons, like we weren't at that technology space back then, but he does have a legit point where he's glad it didn't exist back then because he probably wouldn't have been on that team. So I liked what he said there and it it has a hundred percent truth to it. Um, but it does go on and on about, you know, how they won and how the little backstories and stuff like that. And they actually brought up the home run that Jared Jeter hit that the fan actually reached over and, and, and brought the ball back in the stands and they called it a home run. Even though nowadays that'd be fan interference, you know, he talked about that, saying that I thought it was funny that he was like, yeah, I put the fan out there. I mean, it, it was just, yeah, it, it just talked about all that stuff. And um, yeah, in the first two episodes, they didn't really get into, you know, a lot of like rivalry or, you know, how other players from other teams felt. It was mostly Yankee player and former player heavy. Um but I, I told my sister, I was like, I'm assuming that, you know, in the later episodes, like they have to talk about the Red Sox. Like you, you have to, it's Yankees, Red Sox and Yankee and Red Sox fans hated the guy. Like because of just who he was, he was the shortstop. He was number two. Uh, he, he, you know, he was well liked by all the women out there, you know, he, he, 
And he just tormented the Red Sox. So you have to bring him up. And I'm going to assume that from certain players that they bring, that they might interview, I'm going to assume that maybe Nomar will come out. He did make an appearance in the second episode, which I loved. But I'm assuming that Nomar might have to come out more. Maybe Jason Veritek. Of course, David Ortiz, Hall of Famer now, David Ortiz, will have to come out, which I'll get into that you know later on in this episode. But you got to bring in those guys because they were there. They were around when Jeter was at Fenway and he got booed. And, you know, now he, he doesn't get booed anymore. You know, when he played his last game at Fenway, they didn't boo him, which I understand because, you know, there's a little bit of respect that's got to come with this game. And, you know, I, I, I speak on it too. I, I'll 100% admit it. Now it's I respect Derek Jeter. I mean, I'm glad he's not playing anymore, and I'm glad he's not playing against the Sox anymore. But I, I 100% respect him as a player, the type of person that he was, how loyal to that to that team that he was, which I will get into in, in a little bit about loyalty, and you know what, what what he did for that team. You know he was a captain. That Yankees haven't they haven't had a captain since then. And it shows because I think in in hindsight, like nowadays, there's no there hasn't been a player that's like him. You know, you know, that wasn't really that much in the public eye and a person who really, you know, like like when you when you say a team, he's probably the number maybe one or two player that you think of aside from Babe Ruth. Like nowadays, when you speak of a team, you know, there's a lot of players you can choose from, but there isn't one that's like Derek Jeter, where it's not only just his name, but the number that he wore, number two, and the position that he played, shortstop, that is the most popular position, in my opinion, in baseball is the shortstop. I mean, I don't know, like, it, it's just not like that nowadays, I don't know, it's because, you know, any player that, you know, it once a player, like, it goes on a hot, damn hot streak, now they're, like, the hottest player in baseball, and they're, like, in the public eye for a little, for a month, and now they're the face of baseball, and they're amazing, and all this stuff, and then as soon as they start going down, nope, that's it, next person, I don't, I don't know, it's just not the same anymore, that's just how it is now, um, but back to, you know, like how the documentary was going about. Of course, it's just the first two episodes. I will end up watching the remaining six. Um, and to like back to like to the whole Red Sox thing. Like you just, yeah, I don't know. You just have to like, it's just, it's Yankees, Red Sox, the greatest rivalry in sports, in my humble opinion, greatest rivalry in sports. And you just got to bring in those players. And I don't know, like bring in a fan or two that just, or not, maybe not bring them. Like, I don't know if they'll have him in the documentary, like, sitting on the chair like everyone else, but, like, little interviews that back then or something like that, like, like, Red Sox fans had, a, had, you know, or always felt some type of way about that guy. I know I did, like, but I will say, in his last year, in his last game at Yankee Stadium and his last game in at Fenway, I did watch both games. And I watched them with my sister. And they had the whole respect thing. They had the whole Nike commercial, the whole Jordan commercial, which I thought, I personally thought was great. It, everybody tipping their cap. You know, like it starts with him at, at the plate and John Lester is pitching, tipping his cap. You know, it shows Yankee fans tipping his cap. It shows Billy Crystal, Jay-Z tipping their cap. You know, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera sitting at a table tipping their cap. Like, it was just a great commercial. You know, I don't think any other player will get a commercial like that if they retire. You know, they're just not. Nowadays, players are just not that. Not that household name remembered type players. Like, I know maybe some people say, like, oh, Mike Trout will get a will get a commercial like that. Well, for one, Mike Trout wasn't, you know, like the face of New York or the face of the Bronx, you know, like he, he wasn't wearing pinstripes like he was. And 
again, Mike Trout doesn't have a championship. Derek Jeter's got five. And, you know, Mike Trout is just not not that type of player. You know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't date models and actresses like Derek Jeter did. I, I don't, personally, I just don't think that there's a current player that's on the same type of, you know, world that Jared, Derek Jeter was on. And that's the reason why I don't think a player currently will get a send off the way he did in terms of, you know, like a whole, what's what, uh, what is a farewell tour as the way he did. I know Pujols is going to retire and he's not even getting one. The, probably the best hitter in my generation to play. And he's not even getting one. Where's his commercial at? Or even Miguel Cabrera, who might have his last season. Like, where's Miguel Cabrera's commercial at? And even then, like, I, I, I mean, I hate, I don't like this word. I don't like using it. But like, if Mike Trout gets a commercial when he retires, or, or, or something like that, like, that's a little cringeworthy. Like, really? Like him? Like. Like Mike Trout is boring. Like he didn't, he doesn't do anything. You know, maybe that's just like who he is, or you know who is, or what his PR team tells him to do. But he's boring. Like he he doesn't do anything. I mean, he's a great player, probably the best player right now. But he <laughs> that guy doesn't do anything. So like, you put a like a a documentary, like people tipping their cap to him or whatever. It's like, uh, like okay, do like. Like, who's your rival, bro? Like, who are you going to have in your commercial tipping your cap to you? That's a rival. And, in, in, like, in Jeter's commercial, you had Red Sox fans. And you had, the like, some Mets players. Like, who are you going to have for Mike Trout? Like, okay. And then, like, okay, Anaheim. Like, oh, okay. Like, you're going to have him drive around in Anaheim like Jeter did in the Bronx? Like, it's just not the same. So, I don't think any other player will get a send off the way that he did. Like, there's just no way. There's no. I don't know. I, I said it how it is. There's just no player that was in the world that he was that will get a send off or farewell or the same type of treatment or whatever you want to call it that he's getting that they'll get now. That's just the way I see it. And I think that's just it, it's 100%. I think it's 100% true. And, you know, probably Yankee fans will probably agree with me. You know, some Red Sox fans will probably be like, all right, you know. And, you know, uh, David Ortiz retired. And, you know, now he's inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, he, even he didn't get a kind of a commercial thing like that. He did get a farewell tour at Yankee Stadium and at Boston. I mean, he, he didn't get booed. And, you know, he was congratulated. It was David Ortiz. He did the same thing. He tormented Boston, you know, what? Uh, beat him in 2004, you know, to end the curse, you know, that was a huge deal. And it's funny that, you know, a lot of the, the two most recent players to retire and get inducted in the hall of fame really made a big impact on baseball. And they just happened to be part of the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. It's just very hard to, you know, have a player from another team do that same thing that they did because it's just, you know, being in those cities is just very hard to play. And, you know, David Ortiz, of course, going back to 2013, you know, when he made his speech, like this is, this is our fucking city and no one's going to dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Like that was holy shit. Like even just saying it now again, gave me goosebumps like damn. And, you know, you don't, I don't know. It's I I said it how it is. Like players nowadays are not doing that anymore. Like they're just not like that anymore. Like maybe nowadays players are flashy. They pimp home runs. You know they yell at the mouth, striking out the side or what have you. But in terms of you know like city impact and fan impact, it's just not happening anymore. Like. I, that's just my personal opinion and view about it that I don't know. I I'll, I'll stop right there. I, I said it how it is. That's just, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. Like it's just not happening anymore. 
I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Like, I need to stop saying that. I'm not sorry. It's just not happening anymore. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, Tatis is not doing that. Mike Trout's not doing that. Shohei not doing that. Juan Soto's not doing that. Aaron Judge is not doing that. These guys are not doing that. Like, they're just not. Like, they're not. They don't have that impact. They have an impact maybe for the team, you know, and selling a jersey or two. But in terms of, you know, citywide impact and making people remember certain things. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. They're not, whatever. They're just not doing it anymore. But keeping on with a little bit of the theme of the Derek Jeter documentary, Derek Jeter put out a tweet um, that he hashtagged uh, the captain because that's what the documentary is called, the captain. Um, he tweeted out, and I quote, and he and he said it in in the in the in the in the documentary, and he said it, you know, in the trailer, and it was one of like the last little lines in the trailer. He said, "Loyalty one way is stupidity," and that is hundred percent true. And just to add on that, a certain player replied to him, and it was a player. That was kind of in the public eye, like, like, so what do you think, bro? And it was Juan Soto. And he replied with a period. That's all he replied with. And you know what? That period says more words than he could have ever tweeted if he wanted to say something. Loyalty one way is stupidity, and Juan Soto replies with a single period. Now, let me tell you what I think that means. Well, for one, let's talk about the quote really quick. Sorry, sorry if you heard that, but let me talk about the quote. Lo- loyalty one way is stupidity, and it does. It goes both ways, and this is, of course, you know, in the sports area, and I can talk about other way, but I'm just going to talk about baseball. And, of course, Derek Jeter says it because, you know, he was a Yankee for 20 years. He was loyal. And now he says loyalty one way is stupidity because in the documentary, there was a time where, you know, him and George Steinbrenner weren't seen eye to eye that he wanted to trade Jeter, you know, from some dude that I had never heard of. He wanted to trade Mariano and Jeter for some, you know, Joe Schmo, whatever. I don't care. And I was like, holy shit, like what? So this is where it goes into the player side. Loyalty one way is stupidity. So dare like. Derek Jeter wants to stay with the Yankees. He's loyal. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. I'm loyal to. But if they're if they're gonna treat you a certain way, and they're not gonna pay you a certain way, what you want, or they're gonna see you as like a, you know, like I, I don't know, like a, just like a piece of meat, and dangling you in front of the fans, like, hey, come sit down here. Then that's stupidity on the player part. Like, dude, like. Like, you're loyal, like, I'll give you that, but, bro, they're treating you like shit, man. Like, like, come on, like, stick up for yourself or something. And then going to the team side, which I think falls into where Juan Soto is at, where if a team wants to be loyal to the player and, you know, say, hey, like, we're going to offer you this much money, $440 million for 15 years. Like we just want you to stay in, 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 in Washington DC and play for the nationals for, you know, rest of your career, retire here, maybe go into the hall of fame, wearing a curly W on your head. And Juan Soto says, no, then that's stupidity on the team side. So, his quote is 100% true. Loyalty one way is stupidity. There's got to be both not, I wouldn't say equal, but certainly not 100% just for one side. It's got to be at least 60-40. Like, okay, I'm loyal to you, but you know what? I want this, that, and the third. Or the team says, yeah, we're loyal to you, but you know what? This is what we can do for you. And it whether you want to take it or not, then that's on you or on the player side. Hey, I'm loyal to you, but if if you can't give me what I'm worth or you can't offer me, you know, 
you know, treat me a little bit different, like I am part of the team or what have you, whatever it may be, then that's on the team. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if it's really talked about right now that Juan Soto did reply to him or or even if he deleted I haven't checked if he deleted it and I I just had to make sure I remembered it cuz I was like holy shit like what's he trying to say I think I think he's personally replying to Derek Jeter like like damn bro like like am I going to be like not considered like like a real money chaser if I leave or you know, that they want to trade him, that, or maybe I should have took the money because I want to seem like I am loyal, but am I not loyal for not taking it because I want more money or I want another team? Like, I, f- I feel like he's replying to him like, hey, man, like, I need your advice. Like, like, tell me what I should do, which I think is completely wrong. Like, Juan Soto, he's 23 years old. Like, if he already doesn't know, like, what he wants to do for the rest of his, like, 10 plus career then that's on him and I feel like that's like that's a really tough like way to be thinking right now especially with the trade deadline coming up and you just declined 440 million dollars for 15 years which declining that I personally think that he just doesn't want to play for the Nationals I I know a lot of people were saying well I think it's the years thing. Like he wants a higher AAV and he wants like, you know, 10 years so he could be paid $44 million or he wants 11 years to get paid over like 36 or something. And I would personally say, no, I think he did it or said no, because he doesn't want to be a national because he won his ring. And maybe he just at this point where he's just like, I want to just compete now. Like I want to, I want to contend for every single year when I'm on another team every single year. And the nationals right now are not at a point where they can contend every single year. They're just not. And I, that's exactly why I think that he just, he just doesn't want to play on the nationals anymore. And I personally think I'm not going to get into it because it's like for a whole other episode, but I think he's going to the Mets. That's just my personal opinion. I yeah, I think he's going to the Mets. Same division, but it's a contender. It's a team that can contend for you know uh, years and years and years. It's a New York team. It's it's a uh, it's I I don't know. It I just think he's going to the Mets. That's just my prediction. Um, but back to like the loyalty thing with Juan Soto. Um, I, that's what I personally think that he was implying tweeting just a single period to that loyalty one way stupidity line, but I, I don't know why, I don't know, I don't know why more people are not talking about this because that is, that, that says a lot. Like I said, like that single period says more words than he could have ever wanted to tweet at and I don't know, like that's that's just another little thing that's going on. But I mean, we will not know until the trades go on. The trade deadline is August 2nd. It's getting very, very close. Nationals want like a team's whole farm system and their mama to be included. And, you know, and throw in the kitchen sink, I guess. But I don't know. And the whole thing that got me even thinking more is that Scott Boris was saying that Juan Soto doesn't plan to sign an extension with the team if he is get traded because he does have two years left of arbitration. So if I'm a team that wants to trade for him and he doesn't want to sign, is that like a, is that like a win-win? I I don't know. As, as like a, as like a team or a GM, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to give a, you know, quite possibly, four of my top 10 prospects and a few uh, and a few MLB ready guys to get you to contend for the rest of this year and then we still got to come up with an arbitration price for the next 2 years and then I'm not I don't even know if you're going to sign with us if we offer you something 
Or what if in those two years he doesn't perform as well and his stock goes down and now you want to re-sign him for a little bit less? Okay, that's a that's a win. Or during those two years, he balls the fuck out and now it's not 440 for 15 years. Now it's 510 for 15 years. Or not, not maybe not for fifteen, but like twelve. Now it's five, ten to twelve. He just upped his price, and now you're playing over half a billion dollars for this guy. Because he like him and Scott Boris right now are probably like they're trying to play chess with everybody, but everyone else has has checkerboards out. Like like what? Like we thought we we're playing checkers. Like what are we gonna play? But they're trying to play chess. I, I think that's what they're trying to do because of this whole two-year control and he doesn't want to sign. But, like, what if the team that trades for him, like, give him an offer on the table that it's exactly what he has in mind? Because, again, they haven't said what they're looking for. Not like the way uh, Freddie Freeman said where he doesn't want five years. He wants six. The Dodgers offered him six, and he said Yes. It's not like that right now for Juan Soto. They haven't said what they're looking for. So that's what makes it a little tricky because if they said what they're looking for, it it, it lets teams that plan to trade for him plan ahead. And that's the one thing that I'm always talking about on these episodes is planning ahead and looking ahead. Like w- what is what is the kind of like the future kind of look like for this team? Or, you know, I don't know, just something like that. It's always about just planning ahead. So that's what Scott Boris and Juan Soto, which I, I did find out Scott Boris is his client, is his agent. Scott Boris and Juan Soto right now are planning ahead, but only amongst themselves. They're not letting the other teams plan ahead. And I think personally think that's very smart. And back to the whole, you know, like loyalty thing. Juan Soto does not want to play for the Nationals. I believe he made that abundantly clear. And it's all coming from that one single dot of a tweet. In reply to Derek Jeter's loyalty one way is stupidity. Because he doesn't want to look like he's stupid. Because... If he says, like, oh, I'm loyal, I'm going to sign with this team, a lot of everyone who's not a national fan is going to look into look into him and like, dude, you're kind of dumb. Like, now you're going to play with the Nationals for the next 15 years. So we'll see what happens in the trade deadline if he gets traded. That's, that's whether if he gets traded. Like, it, it's not set in stone that... You know, they're shopping them around, but it's not like, yeah, we want to trade them. We want to trade them. Like, we want them off our hands. Like, we're done. Like, it's not like that. They're they're shopping them around, and they're asking for a whole lot from a team. So, it, it will get there when we get there on the trade deadline. I will have an episode the moment trade deadline is done, and we'll talk about the big moves. There is word around that Otani was looking to get traded, but the rumors were shut down by the Angels at the no, they're not trading them. So there's that. But we'll get to the trade deadline. We'll see what goes down. If Juan Soto gets traded or not. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see what we'll cross what was people say we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So but this trade deadline will be very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. But enough about that. Going, I'm just going to, real quick. Red Sox got, my Red Sox got swept by the Blue Jays. And Saturday's game, we lost 28-5. to And I'm not going to talk about the game, I quite honestly, because I just don't fucking want to. I, I don't. Ramiro Tapia hits an inside the park grand slam. Isn't the first time that's been done. It's been done f- last year. And I, I'm not going to talk about it. I will get 
completely irritated and pissed off, I will not talk about it. But what I did want to talk about, and I'll make fun of it because it was just like, okay, okay, dude, like whose side are you on, bro? It's Tom Brady. Okay. Like, oh, okay. So first off, okay, okay. So you know what? I'm just gonna start start from the beginning. So first off, Sports Center. Okay, I I don't like Sports Center. They tweeted. Well, for I'll, I'll I'll explain the picture. So it's the meme picture with Winnie the Pooh looking at like squinching his eyes, looking at a piece of paper. Okay, so and then Sports Center tweeted that picture along with the Blue Jays have a franchise record twenty five runs in the fifth inning. It's the most runs any team has scored in a single game this season. What they should have said was the Blue Jays have a franchise record 25 runs by the fifth inning. Saying in the fifth inning seems like they scored 25 runs in the fifth inning, which they did not do. They had 25 runs by the fifth inning, but not in the fifth inning. So they need to switch that up. They need to clean that shit up. It's the most runs any team has scored in a single game this season. And that was right. Bottom of the fifth inning, it was 25 to 3. So, who of all people knows about big leads and, you know, like, and three? Not, it wasn't 28, which they did score 28, but the final score was 28-5. Tom Brady tweets, reply, well, basically replies to it and, and tags Julian Edelman, gonna be a hell of a story. I, what... What do you mean by that, Tom Brady? All right, you got to let me know. Like, whose side are you on, bro? Okay, you played in Boston, but for a a Boston team for 20 years, won six championships with them. Like, whose side are you on, bro? Like, who are you cheering for here? You cheering for Toronto or you cheering for the Red Sox? Like, like, going to be a hell of a story for the comeback? (laughs) When we we come back down 25-3? Like... Because we didn't, so is the joke on us? Like who who you who you who you firing shots at, Tom Brady? Okay, you got, you gotta let me know. I want to know who who are you talking to, and then why are you tagging Julian Edelman? Is it because of the the whole catch, the catch during the Super Bowl, the little bobble catch? Is it because of that that's why you tagged him? But I I don't know. I just I just gotta know who who he's firing shots at. Okay, I I just gotta know. I have to. I have to know. But I, I, I saw it and I was I first thing I thought was like, whose side are you on, bro? Okay. Whose side are you on? But I, I thought that was funny. What I didn't like about this whole thing is that. And I was listening to Jared Carabas earlier today saying that this complete shit show of a beatdown that the Red Sox got. Losing 28 to 5 was not only talked about in the baseball world, but it was talked about everywhere that doesn't even talk about baseball. That pisses me off that this had to happen so drastically and like so like holy shit they can score that many runs in baseball. Yeah, it's happened before. Okay, Texas did it to it against Baltimore. They scored like 30. And the fact that everyone was talking about it, posting the picture like, damn, Red Sox fans, you all right? Fuck off. All right. Like, that's oh, my God. I'm not even going to talk about it. That Whatever. Oh, my God. But Red Sox got swept. Horrible, 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 horrible. And this last game, horrible defense. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, Lord. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm 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 not gonna talk about it anymore. Just go back to the Brady thing. I thought it was a little funny and like a little bit like what? But he he replied being like, "Gonna be a hell of a story." Tagging Julian Edelman, which okay, I thought that was funny. And but yeah, that you know what? I'm done. That Red Sox are a 500 team right now. We're 48 and 48, <laughs> whatever. Um, last thing I want to talk about, uh. David Ortiz, designated hitter, sometimes first baseman, 
for the Boston Red Sox, three-time World Series champ, 2013 World Series MVP, friend of Pedro Martinez, who Pedro, who David Ortiz told the Red Sox to get Pedro on that team before 04, and look what happened. Okay? Like, anyway, motivational speaker, like I said in the beginning, because he had the infamous and famous speech after the Boston Marathon bombings at Fenway wearing the white jerseys, Boston across the chest, which I have, and I have the Boston Strong patch on mine, saying the infamous line and be and, and the network's being completely okay with not censoring it, but this is our fucking city and nobody's going to dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Everyone goes crazy because ex- that's exactly how everyone was thinking. Like the guys were caught. One of them died, but, but you know, one of the other bombers were caught. It's like, yeah, dude, this is our fucking city. Like, and like, no one's going to mess with us. Like you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us type of thing going on. And you know, David Ortiz loves Boston. Like I can genuinely say that he did love Boston with all of his heart. He really, really did. He cared about it. He cared about Boston. He cared about the fans. He cared about winning. He cared what it meant to be in a Red Sox uniform. And not only that, going back to what I was talking about earlier, he cared about the Red Sox rivalry. He did. He he took it to heart. And I'm so glad I got to see, not in person, but, you know, watch David Ortiz play. He is he will he will always be a top five Red Sox player for me. He he might be number two, right after Dustin Pajoya. I, I think David Ortiz is number two. Yep, he is. So listen to a little bit of a speech. You know, he gave a really good speech, thanked everybody who was ever a part of his life. And funny thing what I thought was like he just skimmed right past the twenty twelve season because it was horrible. But it, it was just like that part was just kind of funny. But he did thank everybody. He thanked the entire country of Dominican Republic because that's where he's from. And it was just it was just awesome. Like there were so many fans out there. I think he had more fans than Jeter's induction in the Hall of Fame, but but who's counting? Um but I mean big poppy, man. Who wouldn't want that guy in your lineup? Batting, batting fourth, batting cleanup, like most clutch hitter. I, I think in all of baseball, I would love David Ortiz on there, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, two outs, and 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 down by three. Like that's it. Like it's David Ortiz, Big Poppy, number thirty-four for the Boston Red Sox. A little bit of the Twins, but whatever, Boston. Red Sox, David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer. Congratulations to him. Love David Ortiz. Love David Ortiz. So he's now a member of Hall of Fame. His going a little bit into the hobby, his prices for his stuff might actually go up because now he's in the Hall of Fame. And that's like the last thing, too, for like. Like, even in sports, like, that you get their, like, rookie stuff. Or, like, in baseball, you get, like, their, like, prospect stuff. You get the rookie stuff. You get the stuff, like, in the year that they might have won, like, an MVP. Or you get their stuff when they hit a no-hitter. You know, like, like those milestone-type things. And then you get, like, their stuff when they hit, like, 3,000. Or you get their stuff when they... Uh, you know, past a certain number of homers. And then you get to the year where they retire their, their last year. And then you get their stuff again. Like it goes up in price. And then after that, you know, they have that five-year thing where he he's on the ballot and you get their stuff again. 
and it might go up in price again because now they're a Hall of Famer. And now they can sign stuff with David Ortiz, Hall of Famer, or 2021, uh, 2021 Hall of Fame, HOF. Like, now he can do that. That's going to have more value now. So, and just now, you know what? Think about it now. There's going to be Topps products out there now with David Ortiz autographs, and he's going to be able to put HOF on there. So, keep a lookout for that because... I know I I damn sure going to try to get something of that. Of course, it's David Ortiz and it's the Red Sox. Uh, but again, congratulations to David Ortiz, Big Poppy, number 34 of the Boston Red Sox, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Love to see it. Now, put Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens in there and Pete Rose. Just hurry up and do it. Like, God damn, we're tired of waiting. But, uh, I mean, that's all that I got for today's episode. I mean, I was going to do a standings check, but, I mean, now that I'm looking, it's like not much has, has changed, but I'll do it. I'll do it next episode because we'll have about maybe two more series to get past and, and you know, to look ahead to what July looked like for everyone and what August could look like for everyone. So, um. Yeah, that'll 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 do it for episode number twenty. Thank you for listening. Uh to to We Watch We Collect. Um next episode, I'm hoping. Maybe maybe not the next episode. Maybe not next week's episode, but maybe the week after. Uh I'm I'm working on it, but and I won't I won't give names out. Everything is not setting stone yet, but I, I I think I think I'm gonna have an Albuquerque Isotope baseball player on this team, Colorado Rockies player on on this team on this podcast. Sorry, I'm not on this team. You know we 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 watch we collect as a team. We're a team, but I will have a uh, Albuquerque Isotopes. Colorado Rockies player on this podcast very very soon so keep an eye out for that might be next episode or it might be the next one but you never know it could be the next one could be next episode could be next week but keep a lookout for that thank you again for listening to episode number 20 and I'll see you guys in the next one